Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, welcome to another Very All USA podcast. It's Alan here with Siddharth and God, we were we were here. You know, we, we went we the last podcast we did, we were so optimistic because we were winning and things were looking good and the locker room under CTN seemed to be fine and everybody was dandy and now we've lost four matches in a row and yeah, I was yeah. gonna say oh, oh, oh from twelve might uh, might change yeah, the spirit. Yeah, so. oh from twelve, especially when it was a when it was a twelve that was part of the fifteen that we were blithely saying. Oh yeah, you take twelve from those fifteen, you'll be in European, you'll be in Champions League places. Right. So. <laughs> All right. So okay. Where, so where, what? Where so, do we begin so here? I think maybe maybe we we try and and take some sides of how this has happened. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess one is management. I guess one is the squad, and I guess one maybe is uh, is the front office. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so maybe I'll, I'll take the management. Um, you know, I, I think Setiand is is certainly in line for questioning. I think. Um, of course, the nature of his hiring and what he was doing before he was hired was always going to make it that when there were struggles, he would be a very easy guy to blame. Yes. In fact, it's sort, of, it's sort of funny, of course, because we've already seen this once. Uh, we're weren't going to fire him four or five matches in, yet there were calls to do so. Right, right. So... Um, you know th- that that happened early on. Looks like he stabilized the ship a bit. Um, but you know, again, I think just because of how it happened, um, you know, being a, even if expected in some sense, the exact timing and moment of it was certainly sudden. Um, yeah, yeah. Emery's departure, and then yeah, you bring in somebody that again, you know, a few years ago. You might have said, "Ooh, interesting, exciting." Um, you know, I think we looked at his Betty sides and said, "You know, with a little bit more defensive fortitude, those those could have been real teams." Mm-hmm. You looked at the personnel he had here. You know, our our back four is pretty decent um, on paper, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and maybe before we sold our goalie, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. but in 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 all of those conceptual worlds, uh, you looked at it and said this could work. Uh, but but again, I think he was going to be in line for um, for blame. I have to say though, just in terms of if I'm thinking of. And, and you know we've talked about this uh, over and over on the pod over the years of sort of w- one of the goals I really think of being a manager at a top level is to get your best players on the field in whatever configuration that may be. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of work out 
formation and tactics. Like, you know, get get the players that make an impact on the field for as long as possible. And in some sense, sort of the formation, I do feel like sort of we're getting our best players on the field. You know, Baena is on the field. Chukweze mm-hmm. and, and seemingly a more motivated and more effective Chukweze is on the field. Pino is on the field. Um you know, those three guys were never playing together under Emery. Right, right. So, you know, again, when you look at it from that sense, and then, you know, again, if all are healthy, I guess you'd say Gerard is there. Um, you know, Kapu, who, you know, again, I think you can't sort of um, overstate how good he's been compared yep. to the expectations we possibly could have had uh, right. when we got him. Right. Pedra- um, and Pedraza, yeah. when he's healthy, I mean, yeah, it, it's... Right, and, and yeah, Parejo, yeah. then it would be uh, yeah. Pedraza, Foyt, Albiol, um, Powell. Powell. Yeah. I mean, again, just like, those are the guys you'd want on the field. Uh, obviously, when Lachelso is healthy, but, you know, there's no, like, there's not particularly an extremely weak link or anything there. So, so I give him credit for that. Has it congealed at all? It doesn't doesn't seem like it. And the one thing we seem to be doing a little bit better, um, and we talked about this, you know, even during the Champions League run last year, uh, we said we're going to score. Mm-hmm. Like we were consistently scoring goals. We weren't going games where we weren't scoring. Um, again, we can we can certainly talk about Gerard and the players piece of it. But, um, you know, with him in there, again, I, I feel like some some of these games we, we've had a bit of a struggle. I, I think I would just say this, uh, our whole discussion here is prompted by what I feel like Javi Mata really sort of going after Setien mm-hmm. um, during the broadcast of the Mallorca match. And I just, from, again, not being there, not living the club on a daily basis. I, I, I don't see that to be the top concern, but Alan would love, would love your commentary. Well, I think, uh, I, yeah, I think to me, I feel as though Setian has been dealt a bad hand actually, because we, we did have, I, I mean, selling Ruli. I mean, okay, I get that you took advantage of the fact that somebody wanted him and you could book a profit, but the fact that you didn't replace him with even a goaltender who could be an alternate to um, to Pepe Reina, I just think you weakened your club tremendously, especially when you when you're you're predicated on passing out of the back. It's like you, you got rid of the guy who knew who best knew how to do that, and and that to me, I don't get it. <laughs> Um, you, you got rid of Dan Juma, which, okay, admittedly he was a problem in the locker room. So you, you, you didn't sell him. You saved his salary for, for the next few months, but that really didn't, didn't create anything either. You did have some money from Emery being, um, released from his contract and going to Aston Villa, but you didn't improve the squad at all. And in fact, you definitely made it worse by, now your only backup keepers to Reina are 
two guys who were really B-teamers. Um, and I don't, and you have plenty of players. Who, and, and, and even to put a finer point on that, haven't played in a professional league until this year. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. And, and remembering Ikea also was off on international duty. So even between the two of them, they haven't even played all the games in the Segunda. So right, right. they each have like you know, 10 to 15 games yeah, of professional so, experience. Yeah, so it's, it, so that, that just makes no sense to me. And it, and it just seems to me, I mean, I understand we were supposedly going to, you know, we were going to sell Nicholas Jackson for, for great money, which didn't happen because he failed his medical. But um, I still don't know what we would have done if we'd gotten the money. I mean, I, I just don't sense that there was a real plan. And at some point, it just feels as though, and I, I may be totally off base here, but I just feel like we're kind of in that position again where things are not going that well with the ceramic industry in Spain due to the um, increased cost of um, electricity and everything. And it just feels to me like the like that indirectly is having an effect on the team because we're just not willing to, to spend a little bit of money to gain a little bit. And by gaining a little bit, I mean finishing higher in the table and you know, getting into the Europa League at least, if not the Champions League. I know we've always been conservative in rowing the boat out there, partly because when we've tried to do more, we haven't been very good at it. But I don't see how you, I don't even, I mean, I'd love to blame Setien for the fact that he doesn't change the setup during the matches and 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 doesn't make substitutions early. But look at all the injuries we have. What are you going to do? I I I I don't think I do have a problem with his playing style in as much as I think it's weakened our defense significantly and that's not totally all due to Reina. I just feel like we we we've lost that you know you said under Emery you knew we were going to score in the Champions League and the other thing was you also knew under Emery that once we once we were at that point where we needed not to concede, we weren't going to concede. We went, what, a year and a half before conceding from a, from a corner kick. And against Mallorca, we conceded on a ridiculous one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. where, that's where I kind of blame Satian more for, I don't feel like his, I don't, I don't have a real good sense of what we're doing on the pitch, but I can't really tell how much of that is due to him and how much of it is due to the lack of the players that we that we don't have not being available? But I do feel that it, I'm I'm looking for a game plan and not really seeing much of one. I will say that it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach 
with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah, and it's you know interesting. I, I, two points that came to mind. One, of course, in the offseason, even if we didn't spend the money in the offseason, we all looked at it and said, wow, we actually spent the money on Lochelsa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meaning, we sort of didn't think we really had gone through all of the trouble, even though I don't think we have a mandatory option to buy. It just didn't seem like we would have gone through all the trouble if we weren't going forward with that in the off season. So, the fact we had sort of allocated the money, it seemed, seemed like a big deal. Um, mm. Just in the sense, it, it seemed like we were saying we were going to spend it. Yeah, yeah. And that was the reason we we had sort of gone forward with the loan. And you know, I'm pretty safely saying he's going to be our record signing. Um. So so I, I, I think I think that was notable. Um. But but the other one is you when you when you say this. You bring back the 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 year of the Champions League and uh, the resulting relegation back to mind. Uh, um, it's okay, Javi Camunas is retired. <laughs> yes, Camunas is retired. Um, but um, yeah, so you know that's certainly a thought. And thinking yeah, of I, again, I, what who does that mean, and what does that mean for that this mean? off season? You know, I do, you know, I I do think if, there's some merit in what you were saying, which, again, I think was the idea that could you do it this window without affecting too much the spine of the team? And I think we would have gotten to that place with Nico. Now, definitely, the jury is out. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I, I you know, when I think back to the whole relegate the, the summer before the relegation year and and um, I don't know I, I feel like a lot of what what happens with Villarreal in signings is we sort of get whether it's a coach um, arguing for somebody like you know this is the guy I really want you know like Garrido wanting Camunas or whether it's front office falling in love with somebody. It's like, I don't, I don't mind Lachelso, but it's like the guy's been injured for a long time now. And so are you really telling me you're willing to sign him as a record signing given that injury history? I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like He's and given that, his injury in history last year, yeah. I mean, so I don't so really it's feel. Not even yeah, new I don't to feel this like season. I don't feel like he's the. I don't feel like he's necessarily the guy that we need. I do see that we need to young our midfield. I get that, but I'm not sure that Lacelso is necessarily the guy we want. It just seems odd to me that we um, are willing to make allocate money for him we wouldn't allocate money for um, Anguissa, who I think was a far more impressive player wearing yellow than Los Elso has been. And I just, you know, that, that to me is just, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm surprised at the ones we've let go where we, where it just didn't feel like we were willing to fight for. And in the case of um, Lachelso, I mean, nothing against him, but I'm not seeing with his injury history why we should be that interested, frankly. Um, I also feel like Tottenham are kind of like us. I mean, there are a lot of, there are always rumors all the time that Tottenham are interested in Powell or Tottenham are interested in Dan Juma or Tottenham are interested in whatever. And it's like, I don't know, at some point, I just feel like Lachelso is going to get thrown into some mega deal as a bargaining chip. You know, oh, well, we'll sell you him, but you, you, we're, we'll take your guy. And it's like, I don't really see the point of that. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the idea was at some point in time, and depends on who exactly we were talking about, but we would have looked at potentially Danjuma, Gerard, Lochelso. Yeah. Right, as yeah. maybe being the front three, allowing, you know, having real sort of in, incisive players on the wings um, who were also scoring threats. Mm-hmm. Well, now um, you look at it, and <laughs> your your bet is as good as mine. Which one of those players uh, plays the most for us next season? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the I think one of the things that really we need to spend a lot of time looking at by we, I mean the Villarreal front office in the off season is our physiotherapy people because we have just had so many injuries, and it just seems that they don't. In the in the case of um, somebody like Gerard, this has been two years now where we've had injury and, oh, he's cleared to come back. He immediately gets injured again. It's like that doesn't that, that sort of thing should not be going on on a continual basis. And yet it seems like it is. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, that I don't recall him getting hurt like that at Espanol at all. No, so. I don't either. And I, and I feel like that sort of thing is not um, I mean. Yes, injuries are part of the game, but being coming back from injury, being given the medical all clear, and then immediately getting injured again, the same injury is like that is not something that you typically see, and that's been happening to us a lot. So I don't I don't feel good about our about our um, medical staff, I guess. And, if, and to me, if I was going to take a look at something that might help us in the off season, I think it would be that. But to return to the topic of Satyan, I think the problem is what the thing that worries me is that even though it's a completely different setup, um, it seems that teams figure out pretty easily how to deal with us. Um, basically, you know, you, you keep Parejo from distributing the ball um, <laughs> and, that, and that pretty much negates um, what it is that we want to do. And yes, mm-hmm. we have possession. Now again, that that sounds similar to what teams used to do against when, when we had Raquel. <laughs> well, so, of course, but, yeah. but I, but I was thinking of particularly like when we are um, again, thinking of the relegation year, that was what teams did. We have Borja Valero and, and people just, and teams were just like, okay, well, if we, if we keep Valero from getting the ball and, and we, and we basically don't allow him a lot of space in which to pass it or a lot of time in which to pass it, we basically, you know, we basically uh, are going to are going to guarantee that you know Virial is not going to score more than one goal at most, and and there was and part of the problem was that we didn't figure out a way to, to 
combat that. And I see that again with, with um, you know, I don't sense any sort of sense of changing the changing the way we play, changing changing the formation, changing the style we play. And because of our lack of, of depth at the moment, it's like we're just, you know, allowing the same 11 players in the same positions to hopefully do better. And I don't, that to me is, I guess you can argue, is it the fact that we don't really have a, we don't have a Nico Jackson who can come off the bench right now? Maybe so. But at some point, You've got to try something different when what you have been trying isn't working. Yeah, and and that's you know that's a bit of a complicated one. I think there was a discussion as well in in Javi's call, um, essentially about is the problem we're not generating enough, or is the problem we're not finishing enough. Um, and you know, the XG earlier in the season, I think was suggesting the finishing was the problem. I think in the last few matches, maybe it has been more of the chance generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think so. Which, which is, which is complicated. Um, but you know, I think the ultimate problem, so compare the ideal, uh, Gerard Danjuma Lochelso that maybe we would have envisioned like both of those are all of those players are creators, but also, you know, decent finishers. Mm -hmm. I think when you are getting to, um, the Pinos, uh, Samus of the world, partly due to age. I mean, let's be clear, but also maybe just not natural skill sets. I mean, Samu is never going to be a deadly finisher. I don't think, um, if he were, he would be, you know, I, I don't think we'd have him anymore. Right. Um, so, so, you know, part of that is also just, you know, well, yeah. you're, you're, you're maybe asking things that, that are not possible, not possible. with the personality you have. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's just, um, it's frustrating. I think that, I think that, um, I do sense that, but it's only a sense. I do sense that Setien's approach to the game and how this team interprets it are not, they're not gelling. Um, I know we had, a after the first few matches where we weren't playing well under him, he had a long meeting with the team and that seemed to straighten things out. And we also, of course, had time timed um, off for for the holidays and came back and did very well. Yeah, but, which which would be interesting to ask if there had not been a World Cup in Qatar, would we be talking about Setien as the manager still? Yeah, I, I, answer, I wonder, entirely possible. No, yeah, um, I, I wonder that. It, it, at this yeah. point, though, I, I mean, I think the I I just find it. Um, to go back to what you said earlier, he, he was an odd hire in a lot of ways, um, which doesn't help him when things aren't going well. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't sense that. Um, don't sense that. Uh, I don't sense a lot of desire on the part of the front office to 
admit they've made a mistake. Um, maybe if we lose three or four more in a row, I think then you would have to. But at this point, I don't. I, at this point, I feel like if if the deal is we end up in the middle of the table and don't qualify for Europe at all, well, that's maybe then you let him go in the summer. You try and you try and hire somebody else. But I feel like you let him finish the season. If we if we start losing enough that we're we're now down in the bottom third of the table and people are going to talk about relegation, then we have to make a change. I don't know what that change is. Yeah, well, and again, to look at exactly where we are today, we're at on thirty one uh, and and stuck there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, that's three wins, four tops to be safe. So yeah. I mean, it doesn't given the logjam of pretty mediocre teams. Now, in fairness, we could just lose to all of them um, evenly and therefore uh, perhaps drag our chances in. So we have uh, get one more chance there with Hitafe. I guess the only good thing you could possibly say about the Elche, Elche losses, um, they're actually not part of that dogfight. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. No, they're, 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 we they're, threw we threw points away to someone who's not uh, not actually in the relegation race because yeah, they're down. They're, they're already um, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we lose uh, against Hitafe on Monday, I do think you're starting to enter that scary zone of of us trying to keep all of these teams within touching distance by uh, by managing to lose to them. Um, well, you look at the you look at the next few matches. We've got Hatafe at home. We go to Almeria, um, and then we have Betis at home, and we play at Osasuna, which is pretty much going to be a guaranteed loss because we never do well there, and Osasuna are very strong at home. So I wouldn't think much of that. And then and, we have the, and the the Ley de Lex. We have you know, half of their team used to play for us. Yeah, exactly. So. so yeah, so we're so that's going to be um, that's going to be a tough one. And then we have then we have a break. And so in my mind, it's like if we haven't righted the ship, which means basically I think we've got to take we've got to get two wins in there out of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, with the next two matches, which 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 pretty much puts us in safety. For, which for pretty much puts worth. us in safety. Yeah, probably it does, <laughs> because your next matches are if if you're st- still struggling, your next matches are at home against Real Sociedad, who are having a great season, and away to a team called Real Madrid. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, I think um, I think if if we're still struggling at that point, we've got to make the change because. You've got to get your big matches then. If you're still looking for those three or four wins to save the season, you've got Espanyol and Celta back to back at home at the end of April. You've got mm-hmm. Valencia away. Speaking of the team that's struggling, you have Cadiz um, at home on the May 24th. So mm-hmm. you know you don't have that many um, matches coming up where if you leave a guy who's kind of twisting in the wind um, in charge, you don't have many guaranteed wins or even probable wins there. So I think yeah. I think the next four matches are going to be crucial for CTN. Well, and and for I mean, let's be candid. If they're making a replacement, it's Miguel Alvarez coming in. 
it's not. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. I don't. I don't see that it's paying another coach. Um, no, I don't so. either. I think that yeah. I think uh, one of the things somebody mentioned today on Twitter that I hadn't thought about was, you know, Javi Gracia was was out there, and I was like, oh yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about him because he's a guy who had a um, background in you know Villarreal coach the B team anyway, and then mm-hmm. I guess Leeds are are hiring him, but. But he's mm. the kind of, it's like, to me, it's like, I mean, I don't know, maybe they talked to him and he wasn't interested, or maybe his salary demands were too high because he's been coaching in England for a while. But to me, I think he would have been a much more Emory-like coach than Satyam. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of a weird... But I, but, I, but I do think some of what was, so, some of what I could hear, at least in the undertones of it, was like we want to be lifted also you know it's not dissimilar maybe to the marcelino thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for each of these coaches that whether it's physical demands mental demands video you know all, all of the things we've heard about with these folks i think that kind of bring in somebody a little bit looser on the reins was going to be the natural sort of outcome yeah. And certainly you could see Setien being sort of a player's coach. Um, yeah, and I guess and I guess ultimately maybe that's uh, kind of have to put the uh, kind of like to put it on the players. And I guess I'd like to think that the first, you know, the, the streak we had where we were doing well, but that's what he did and it worked. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I'm feeling well, like... And I do think we have to talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Powell has been way below level. Um, I think probably we're starting to see somewhere in tear on Albiol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have no idea what we're doing at left back at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Between I... the revolving door of players there. Yeah. Um, I think Parejo. Maybe at least from a, you know, nobody would argue he was a defensive standout, but I think he may be turning into more of a defensive liability now mm-hmm. than he was. Um, and well, then I think, you know, the younger players, the three we've talked about, Baena, Pino, and Samu, Baena was hurt also. It seems like he may have re-injured himself, going back to your physio point um, Mm -hmm. in the Mallorca game. Um, But I think when you are playing three players of your attacking group who are all like early 20s, the inconsistency over a long season is bound to show as well. Um, Yeah, I I guess... I don't... I don't think any of the players have sort of absolved themselves. You know, I, I think the one guy maybe who seemed to show some stuff and, and I feel like in the role he's had, uh, I think Morales has done pretty well. Um, but I don't know what kind of expectation you could truly have for him. Um, you know, no, I don't. I, I don't, I don't think he's a, in a place to come and save the team. No, um, I don't either. You know, I, he I, was a, a, able to do that at Levante when the system was designed around him, and you know that's that's just not something that's happening here. 
But for what we've mentioned, you know, first about the manager, second about the front office, you know, this is by no means to absolve the players. And, you know, I I also candidly, uh, and I may have political and personal views uh, that that, uh, I don't agree with Pepe Reina about, uh, yeah, frankly, has always been one of my favorite players from a player standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's kind of a joke that we would tie our <laughs> future to him. Yeah, at um, this point of his career. So well, that's what I, I was going to say. There's no way we possibly could have imagined he would be regularly starting league games right, um, right. if our season were going well at all. Well, that's the point I was going to say is is that you know when you when you describe all the all the players who have been subpar, I mean it, part of it is just is age is catching up with people. I mean, it's like Albiol is still a great player. He's still, he's still, I, to my mind, I mean, he could he could go and be a coach as soon as he could be a player coach. He, he's mm-hmm. a tremendous player, but age is catching up with him. Reyna, mm-hmm. the same way. Age is and, catching and up with him. And I think Parejo. him the same way that we have been the past two years yeah and i, mean, I think and I that think, was the point we were thinking cuenca or whoever it yeah, is was yeah, actually yeah. being actively brought along right and i think i so i feel like the you know the spine of the team when you look at it it's like okay so the spine of the team now is is reina uh, an elderly goalkeeper um albiol an elderly um uh, center back I'm using elderly in soccer terms, obviously not as old as I am, but no, uh, no age jokes here. Okay, all right, but and then Parejo, who um, you know is getting on in years in the middle of the field, and those are the three guys who have been who at least have been able to play most of the time, and now up top you're talking about your your potential but probably not savior being Morales, who is also you know, <laughs> not exactly a uh, spring chicken. And it's like, how do we, how do we get to this point? This is, this to me is, and I guess this is where I look at the front, I look at the front office and say, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but somehow you totally mismanaged this to end up with what we got. And that's what I think Satian, that's where I give Satian at least I have to absolve him of a lot of guilt because I don't think when he came in, that's what he expected he was going to get at the end of January. Mm-hmm. 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 So, well, you know, you know, my only governing adage, and we are here again, you can never have too many center backs and right. we don't have enough. No, we don't um, have enough. We don't have enough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a strange one. It just, it, it's really sad. I think that, you know, this is the centenary season of the team, and I think people were hoping for another, you know, really another season with a lot of highlights. And instead, we're sort of um, talking about kind of trying to figure out where the wins are coming from to to get off 31 points and move ahead here. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Well, so, so thinking about that, looking ahead, um, so we're 10 points if this was still on the cards somehow we're 10 points off of fourth yeah, um, yeah. and and again i admit my surprise saying that is not real sociedad 
Uh, I still think they'll end up in fourth by the end of the season, but they have hung on quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we'd have to say this stretch probably kills our hope there. Yeah, um, I think so. Definitely. When you get past that, I mean, the irony of all of this, probably the conference is the most important thing we have because you win it and at least you get into the Europa League, which looks like it's going to be, you know, kind of a bloodbath given how many teams are still in it. If we are there at at 31, I think we're six points off of Betis, who's in fifth. Right. Um, But you've got... You know, you've got Betis, Rio, <laughs> Mallorca, Osasuna, um, Athletic. Like it, it's a lot of teams, and yeah, I think yeah, and you've got and you've got say, Sevilla who are, who are now if we winning three or four wins in a row. We're yeah. going to be right there. So I mean, it's it's just whoever can actually do that. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I I don't know. I I think the. I guess the final thing I would close with is is that I think it's ironic that we've been better at, at forecasting Valencia's fortunes than Virial because we were both saying last time we talked about how worried we how Valencia seemed like a team that could slip into the danger zone and boy have they so mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. um, I mean at this rate by the way Sevilla could quite possibly pass us yeah should I mean, be yeah yeah <laughs> on um but yeah, I mean that that relegation dogfight is going to be crazy. I, I think the European spots, it's it's really one team is going to put together a consistent form that they have failed to do. Um, and you know, I think you have to look at like Osasuna and Athletic seem to be a lot more regular um, than than we are. Mm-hmm. At least we know they're very you know they're very good at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we we have struggled, particularly against lower ranked teams uh, at home, uh, and you know continues to be in the long run one of our Achilles heels. But mm-hmm. uh, any any last thoughts other than I guess I'm going to start paying a little bit more attention to the conference in a round or two because <laughs> yeah, that's going to yeah. be how we get into Europa League next year, um, which yeah. again. You know, we we talk about all of all of this stuff on the field. Like those those dollars are are going to be important. Yeah, that's right. No, I think that's I think you've I think you've pretty much. I think that's right. It's like I think the idea that we are looking to the conference to save our season is maybe something that we hadn't thought would happen, but we probably should be paying more attention to the uh, results of the playoff round and. Uh, how that shakes out and who we draw, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's, you know, I think that's, I think that's a good point. Um, yeah, I think we're all, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of blame to spread around, but I, I do feel, I don't think Setian is the best coach in the world, but I don't think he's been dealt a very good hand. And I, I really, as I say, I'm just astonished that the front office ended up with this, as at the end of January and relying on players that have been hurt time after time to somehow be healthy for the rest of the season is just, you know, mystifying strategy to me. 
So, mm-hmm. anyway. Well, if we're going to put you on the spot and we're going to say the Comunitat Valenciana is a contributory negligence state uh, where you have to apportion between the front office, Sitian, and the players, how, how would you sort of shake out call uh, it just these last four results um, on, on where you'd put the blame? I'd say the front office about 50%, probably the players about, nah, players and CTN probably about even, I guess I'm thinking maybe um, a little more on some of the players, so maybe 30 players, 20 CTN, something like that. I think you and I have been uh, talking for too long because that that was the same place I was I was gonna come. Uh, oh, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> on the on those numbers, and, and you know, one one thing, sort of a throwaway in some of the things that happen. And of course, if you know the player doesn't have the confidence of the manager, that's fine. But when you talked about, boy, we have an aging midfield. Um, by the way. One one of our fellow aging guard uh, goes and gets himself a straight red, yeah. whether yeah, he I, yeah. really should have or not. Um, yeah, but well, no, Ma- I mean, I mean I, okay, I'm going to take up for my guy here because I mean I think it was a ridiculous call, but yeah. but I mean it was like the kind of thing that you know happens all the time in a match where you know players have you know have words that he got sent off because the, the other guy, you know, basically fell to the ground like he was poleaxed. And then he got up before the, the uh, physio even got out there with a magic sponge. So, you know, the whole thing was ridiculous, but mm-hmm. um, having said that, it's like, you know, <laughs> when things aren't going well, they aren't going well. And when you're not getting a chance to play and everything, it just mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. that just, but I, I couldn't believe that call um mm-hmm. i thought that was mm-hmm. ridiculous but anyway um but mm-hmm. you know it's, well it's, i was i was yeah. only mentioning mano morlanis who at least we had um yeah, yeah i think people have been high on for some amount of time um yeah. and you know by the way at mallorca <laughs> and as long as they stay up they pay him for us um but again just in terms of a body um, yeah, who you'd think yeah. at least could be a rotation player. Yep. Again, you don't have the confidence of the manager, then, then so be it. But, you know, I think for a couple of years, he's been a guy we've talked about, like, oh, well, he's going to be part of that next wave. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Sort of gave up on him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I so, know I keep, I keep looking at all the, at these um players that would that are still around in the league i mean florian lejeune is still playing center back for who is it ryo ryo yep. and mm-hmm. it's like he's a guy ahead we, of us in the table <laughs> he's a guy we gave yep. up on for you know years ago years ago and then well um, and he's in fairness he's a guy we found out of nowhere oh but yeah then once we found him out of nowhere why the heck did we <laughs> just let him go yeah yep. yeah i know i know that, a, that one always boggles my so. mind um and yeah, the, so the pre pre Saudi Newcastle. Yeah, the pre Saudi Newcastle yeah. even bought him for some good amount of money. Oh, speaking of which, we'll and we'll go. So here's a name from the past. Never played for our first team, but remember Alexander Pantic that we signed center back. You remember him? Hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. Serbian. I think uh, played. For, yeah, I'm for, trying to think. Valverde. I no, I think he. Came, sure. I think he came. 
I think he came in 2012 or 13. Okay. I can't remember. Anyway, I didn't know. I, I was happen, happened to be looking at the, um, the Segunda, um, one of the Segunda results, and, and I was looking at Lugo's formation, and I see a Pantic, and I'm like, well, that can't be, yeah. can it? Yep, it is. He, he apparently he found his way back to Spain and signed a contract with Lugo in late January. So yeah, yeah, well, they're in big trouble. But speak, oh, yeah. speaking of um, tying tying back to the relegation era, Malaga looked to be in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. And that that club is in real tr- trouble. I feel if they go down from the Segunda, I think, um, I think so. But but in speaking of maybe the only positive on the field news, the B team beat Rossing That's um, right. That's right. late and. They look to be in pretty decent shape. Um, yeah, and it's I an interesting one again to look at the Segunda and see all of the names, you know, struggling for continued relevance. And of course, you know, I think the Lucas Perez story has has made the news and things about him going back to Depor. But you know, you've got a team like Depor, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, multiple right. times champion of La Liga in the not too distant future, sitting in the non-professional leagues for multiple seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, it's starting to feel like, like you said, that uh, economic time where you know something like that happening to Amalaga, you really worry for the for future the future of, the of that club. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well. And, and right, they were a couple minutes from being in the Champions, Champions League semifinals, semifinals, semifinals about a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were um, right there until an offside goal from Borussia Dortmund, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we so, know about offside, now, uh, offside yeah, goals I mean, ourselves. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, head, yeah. heading towards oh, actually heading. disappearing. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, it's I mean, just a scary it, thought. It is. And you look at, I mean, Zaragoza have been stuck in the Segunda now for quite a while, and mm-hmm. um, you I know. believe they're behind us in the table yeah, they as are. well. They are, so. yeah, yeah. Yep. So anyway, well, good talking to you as always. Yep. Um, this uh, will uh, end up with uh, another end of our varial. Um, hopefully, everything that we've uh, been worrying about is completely wrong, and we'll rip off several wins and things will be better. <laughs> or if not, viva la conference. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs>